This episode of G'day World is brought to you by Whois.com, the Wikipedia for people. W-H-O-O-I-Z.com. If you ain't in it, you ain't anyone. G'day Shane. G'day Cam. G'day world. It's the 21st of November 2006, the year of our Lord. Isn't that right Shane? The year of our Lord. The uh, year of our Lord if you if you wish it to be Cameron, yes, for those of us that are that way inclined. The year of your Lord. <laughs> I'd like to say the owl. Of course it doesn't include you, but... Uh, your maybe... Jesus, as Father Bob likes to say. Your Jesus! <laughs> Yeah, I don't think he belongs to any one individual, so yes, uh, the collective for the uh, religious icons is always the best way to go. Shane, uh, you were on the show a couple of months ago, we were talking about free will, had a lot of feedback about that show, in fact I was talking to uh, my new business partner Clark Scott, who's a Buddhist yesterday, okay, shut up everyone, it's a Buddhist, okay, okay. And Clark was uh, saying, yeah, yeah, love that show. He uh, had an issue with a few of the things that I said about free will, but uh, said that pretty much... Uh, As did everybody. I was on track with the Buddhist perspective on things. Uh, he argued with a few faces, but he was wrong where he argued with me, and that's okay. As is everybody. Yeah, well, unfortunately, I mean, I don't want to come across as sounding arrogant, but most of you do not know what you're talking about when it comes to this particular issue upon which... I'm fairly clear. Anyway, let's not there's get into free will. There's a fine line between stupidity and arrogancy, isn't there? Yes? I'm, no? I'm thinking through that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> The fact you had to think is a concern, but anyway. <laughs> hey, uh, um, let's start the show today with some freaky shit. Uh-oh. Freaky shit story of the day. Male chimps, Shane... Male chimps, unlike their human counterparts, show a distinct sexual preference for females from the older side of life, on the riper side of life, an American anthropologist reported in a paper. Your background noise is back, man. Can you shut the hell up? Can I move over here? How's that? Is that better? That's a little bit better, yeah. Contrary to his own expectations, Martin Muller of Boston of Boston University found after years of observation that male chimpanzees consistently sought out the oldest females within a troop for sexual intercourse. The startling discovery, especially when contrasted with the sexual proclivities of humans, a close evolutionary cousin, suggests that socialisation plays a larger role in male-female relations than is commonly assumed. So, uh, your male chimps like a bit of the old MILF. (laughs) <laughs> is uh, basically the way it breaks down here. Uh, they like a bit of the older woman. Uh, right. if, there was a, if there was a porno tube for chimps, it would just be full of uh, MILF videos. Um, what, do you, what do you think about that, Shane? What do you think that says about the chimps? Uh, I think that's why they're chimps, actually, Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, those fucking. If you're shit. trying to bring, if you're trying to bring in some comparison with that and humans, then uh, you've you've probably got the wrong person to talk to about that. But because uh, you, yeah, you don't I mean, believe in evolution, that's an interesting study. But um, correct me if I'm wrong, Cameron. But isn't the uh, chimpanzee society a matriarchal society? Oh, I don't know. I don't know at all. But uh, is it? No. Well, I don't know. Is it? Well, um, with my limited, and I, I must admit, my limited knowledge, it was my understanding that that was a matriarchal society, which means that uh, uh, the head chimp is a female. There you go. Well, uh, so I think that could be one of the reasons why that, um, well, that from what you've just read, uh, that would be my understanding of why it is like that. So if you're having sex with the uh, old females, you're, you're basically uh, going up the social ranks. It's kind of like sleeping with uh, Rupert Murdoch's mother. <laughs> or sleeping with your boss. No, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that's that's obviously that they, they are very much aware. That, or it's the other way around, that the uh, uh, the older female chimps are dem- <laughs> demanding the attention of the younger males, which uh, so... We could see a sort of like a gigolo-type society happening there. <laughs> Why do you think it is that, that human males are, are more inclined to go for the younger females? Well, I suppose it comes down to... Um, uh, I suppose looks, I guess. It's... Um, <laughs> That's that's what it's all about in the end, isn't it? That, uh, that what seems to drive most males these days is looks. But I would have, you know, I, I would have argued on behalf of the male population of the planet that there was a good evolutionary reason for us wanting to copulate with younger females because they tend to be more fertile than the older females, and uh, you know, and we have this you know genetic. Uh, predisposition to spread our genes you know we, we are gene propagation machines go forth and prosper as the lord said shane <laughs> yes or was that spock um, probably a bit of both yes um <laughs> the, the, i guess live long and prosper was spock ah oh, right of course <laughs> what did the lord say go forth and populate the earth well, he actually that 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 uh, comment that was made was actually made at a particular time and place. To um, oh, hold on, uh, a minute. The, you're, you're not suggesting the, you're not suggesting the Bible was only relevant in a particular time and place. Were you? No, no, no. As 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 typical that you do a lot, and a lot of people do, they grab parts of the Bible and they take it out of context. And, you mean, uh, you know, a four thousand year old document written by a bunch of uh, Arab <laughs> nomads running around in the Middle East four thousand years ago. One of the things should be left. One of the things I enjoy is how Cameron has lured me in at talking about um, young chips having um, young chimps having sex with older chimps, and now suddenly it's an argument of where the Bible's uh, is historical facts come from. But no, speaking of the chimps, <laughs> the issue is with as I said before, is that people tend to take parts of the Bible... Oh, OK, let's not get into a Bible discussion. I really don't care. Um, <laughs> He's losing but, the argument, in other words. That's, no, that's, uh, please. I've never lost an argument in my life with you, Shano. Now... That's because you leave the room after everyone makes the decisions, but we won't hold that. We won't hold that against you. <laughs> let me let me move on to. Oh, um, you know who I ran into in San Francisco? Uh, no, who did you run into? Gen Z. Jennifer Zanich. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. We had dinner, Gen Z, and uh, she was telling me lots of stories about the early days of Microsoft in Australia. She hired Filmy. Yes, yes. I remember, yeah, I remember that story. Yep. 
uh, fill me for the audience out there is the guy who hired me into Microsoft uh, when Shane and I worked together at Microsoft many, many eons ago. We were in the same team working for Filmy, and Gen Z was the woman who hired Filmy. She was gone by the time I got there in early 98, but uh, obviously had a fairly big legacy. That's in yeah, and where, where did... Um where did Jen end up going to? She works uh, mostly in San Francisco now. She's sort of a CEO for hire uh, for f- uh, failing startups, I gather. She gets brought in to sort of clean up startups that are struggling, get them back on track or, or wow. turn them around or flip them or something like that. Doing quite well for herself, I gather. Well, it's interesting. It seems to be a trend. I actually saw a uh, ad recently on Seek for... Uh, I won't mention any names, but basically it's a company of experienced... CXOs who are looking for other people to join their team and they do the same sort of thing. They're brought in as a consulting basis for organisations that need a a CXO team to either fix up what's gone wrong or to take the company to the next level. So that seems to be a popular trend of, uh, I've heard a few different companies starting to do that, where they have very experienced individuals who are now working part-time, not full-time, to then use them as a, as a consulting senior management team. I don't think that's a new thing. I think McKinsey's and uh, you know PwC's and Arthur Anderson have been doing that for years. They're sending in a management consultant who will end up taking a you know, a temporary CEO role to get a company back on track. But let, let's not get sidetracked, because I'm actually, I, I, had, a, I had a segue from the chimps into You bought a Segway? <laughs> <laughs> They're illegal in Australia. Oh, well, I was at the uh, game just to, to, to segue into a Segway I didn't intend to segue into, but a Segway Segway. Is that a Segway squared? Tom, Re- Tom Reynolds, <laughs> um, the uh, infamous sacked Telstra blogger, Oh, yes. <laughs> and I, um, who, by the way, Tom's doing very well now. He's doing a uh, segment on 3AW down here reviewing motor cars and uh, sort of chucking video versions of that up onto YouTube. And he's doing quite well. Thank you very much, Telstra. But um, Tom and I went to the gaming conference that was on in Melbourne on Sunday, sort of the gaming expo here. Yeah, and I heard about that. As Tom described it to me, it's just like E3 but crap. And that's pretty much what it was. It completely fucking sucked ass. We we stayed about six minutes and went, okay, seen that, and then we went and had a coffee. But um, the uh, there was a chick. There was uh, I mean there was like three booth babes in the whole thing, which is why it sucked. And uh, they were fairly lame booth babes. But one of them was uh, gigging around on a Segway, and I thought, ooh, that's the first Segway I think I've seen in operation in Australia. Lots of them in Europe and the US. Yeah, well, she, I mean, if she's, in, if she's indoors, it's okay. When I used to work at St. Leonard's, there was a guy going around St. Leonard's on a, on a Segway quite a lot, but uh, I don't think he'd be there anymore because my understanding is now that they are illegal on the, on the streets of uh, Sydney. Do you think it was the uh, motor... motor... motormobile? Motor... motor... <laughs> fuck, let me start again. That, that thing that has gas in it, is that the thing you're referring to? <laughs> we call it petrol in this country, Shane, but okay. Oh, really? The automobile companies that uh, had them outlawed, were they scared? No, 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 not at all. No, they are just a dangerous device. I mean, it's... um, The people who uh, banned it, I think it was, was the Roads and Traffic Authority, and it was purely because it's just too dangerous. Uh, to both the rider as well as uh, other pedestrians. How's it more dangerous than a bike? 
Uh, my understanding is that the only way you can actually use it is on a, on a um, sidewalk. So uh, once again, we're seeing a problem where the lowest common denominator issue, which is if you can have somebody that can sue somebody, the council over being run over by somebody with a sedgeway, then that automatically then <laughs> cancels it for everybody. So that's the problem we're seeing. We're becoming a over... Um, Litigious country like America is where you can't do anything anymore. So over litigious. All right. So let me get onto the real segue that I was going to make. We were talking about why we are attracted to younger women. I've been reading a book recently. Uh, it came out in 2000. It's not a new book. I picked it up in San Francisco. It's called Culture Jam. I blogged a bit about it uh, a couple of weeks ago. It's written by a guy called Carl Larson, and Carl Larson is uh, a Canadian who runs a company called Adbusters. It's a sort of magazine that basically takes aim at uh, big corporations, corporate advertising, and tries to get people to detune out of the corporate advertising that we are barraged with. On a oh, so this was the Buy day. Nothing Day that you participated in? Actually, that's uh, Friday. Oh, okay. There Friday. Yeah, but he's, uh, well, I think, one of the organisers uh, of the Buy Nothing Day. But the magazine's called Adbusters. I think it's adbusters.org. You can go and check it out. But um, interesting concept in the book. Well, lots of interesting concepts in the book. But one of them is the concept of a jolt that I've been wanting to talk about. Now, um, I've got a, uh, some quotes here, some interviews with him that I'll read out to you. Uh, actually, I might just go get the book. Hold on. Don't go away. Oh, no. This is one of those moments when you're left with having to do something to just say because Cameron's run off, and now I'm left here to... Actually, I could just hijack the whole show, couldn't I? I can talk about something completely different, like maybe we could talk about how bad the recruitment industry is in Australia at the moment, particularly the Sydney area, of how agencies really aren't doing very well with uh, um, getting people... Oh, Cameron, you're back. <laughs> what were you saying about Jesus? Oh, nothing, nothing. We're just having a couple of words about things while you're away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so basically he talks about uh, the US, he calls it America TM and talks about how it's a big cult, the cult of consumerism and it's, it's, it's a really good book, I really enjoy it but let me read you this bit, this is, uh, I like this. Corporate advertising, or is it the commercial media, is the largest single psychological project ever undertaken by the human race. Yet for all of that, its impact on us remains unknown and largely ignored. When I think of the media's influence over years, over decades, I think of those brainwashing experiments conducted by Dr. Ewan Cameron in the Montreal Psychiatric Hospital in the 1950s. The idea of the CIA-sponsored depatterning experiments was to outfit conscious, unconscious or semi-conscious subjects with headphones and flood their brains with thousands of repetitive driving messages that would alter their behaviour over time. Sound familiar? Advertising aims to do the same thing. Dr. Cameron's guinea pigs emerged from the Montreal trials with serious psychological damage. It was a great scandal, but no one is saying boo about the ongoing experiment of mass media advertising. In fact, new guinea pigs voluntarily come on board every day. And he talks about the concept of a jolt. And basically what he says is that... Um, uh, you know, when, when you are watching something on TV and you get a sudden, there's a sudden change of perspective, a, a sudden unexpected camera move or scene change or something like that, it actually jolts your fight or flight response inside your body and creates a hormonal trigger. 
Um, he quotes, um, he calls it a, a, a noise. A noise is a jolt, but a jolt isn't necessarily a noise. In broadcasting terms, a jolt is any technical event that interrupts the flow of sound or thought or imagery, a shift in camera angle, a gunshot, a cut to a commercial. A jolt forces your mind to pump for meaning. In 1978, when Jerry Mander first defined technical events in his classic book, Four Arguments for the Elimination of Television, regular TV programming averaged 10 technical events per minute and commercials 20. Public television averaged three or four. 20 years later, these figures have doubled. MTV delivers 60 events per minute and some viewers, still insufficiently jolted, seek more action by running.